Tämä on Second Cherry, melkein Eurovision podcast. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. Yeah, that took you by surprise, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was our special guest this week. We've got Yuha, one of the one of the Second Cherry team with us. Hello, Yuha. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Nice we're, to be here. We're going to continue in English because uh, not many of you will understand Finnish, but some of you do because we know that Finland is in our top 10 countries for podcast listeners. So, hello Finland. Hello. Sumobi. Hey, hey, hey. Terveisiä Suomeen. <laughs> so we are talking Finland this week on Second Cherry and yeah, you're right. There's not that much to talk about in the Finnish final given there were only three songs um, and we've only got two to choose from but that's why we wanted to get you her in and get his expert opinion on all things Finnish and Eurovision so welcome to the show thank you you're very welcome so Finland one win under their belts in 2006 possibly one of the most unexpected wins if you'd said you know what kind of thing could win eurovision and that was lordy with hard rock hello you ha <laughs> <laughs> oh that one <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's fair to say that took everybody by surprise really didn't it it probably took the Finns by surprise as well yeah at least the fans yeah there was a lot of controversy about them going wasn't there it was clearly not the fan favorite to go to be selected. I think we all wanted Shanghai Valot that year. I've got we a were screeching for that. <laughs> in the front row. That that's what we wanted, and and clearly we wouldn't have won Eurovision with that one. I, I suspect. <laughs> I suspect you're right. Although Shanghai Valot that yeah the same year in this in this Finnish final is one of my favorite songs to come from. Um, uh, any national final and it was our finish entry our very first finish entry in second cherry way back in 2006 when we first started but yes Lordy did take us by surprise there wasn't what was the headline in the Finnish newspaper the next day I remember you telling me about this it, it, it's a long-standing joke that, 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 that hell will freeze over before Finland wins Eurovision so <laughs> of course they use this one hell has finally frozen over <laughs> we have won it's fantastic what was the reaction like in Finland to, to that win? it was absolutely mental it was bigger than winning the ice hockey championships and everything but they had a return party for Lodi in Helsinki city center in the week after with 90,000 people turning up for wow. that and it was televised live the pre president turned up everybody was there it was really really a huge big thing oh my god can you imagine but did, you know? so at Eurovision once once Lodi were there at Eurovision the Finns surely got behind Lodi as their entry though I think the fans usually do get behind whatever is being sent, that they're very good at supporting the act, even if they're not quite happy with the, with the selection. Well, you've got no choice, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't know. The Spanish didn't get behind Manuel Navarro, did they? Well, true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did feel for Lordi. I mean, they had to do that whole week in Athens in those <laughs> bloody rubber masks and huge costumes and Apparently it they smell rank oh. <laughs> and good with, goodness we don't have smell of vision no. but you I mean I was in the audience that year there was my first Eurovision being there for the live final I'd been to a couple of um, dress rehearsals before but it was the first time I was there for the national for the, the live final and I, I mean I, the excitement was just incredible being my first time um, 
And I just can't imagine what it must have been like being in that audience and just seeing the vote set up. I, I, it passed me by completely. Right up until the voting was coming in, I just dismissed Lordy winning completely. And about halfway through the voting, I remember just thinking, bloody hell, Finland are going to win. And I mean, I, I was in shock and I was so pleasantly surprised for the Finns, knowing so many good Finnish friends as I do and knowing what it would mean to them. But I just can't imagine what it must have been like to to be there and see those votes tot up it was amazing I I was sitting a little bit away from most of my friends and I ended up sitting between two people that I didn't know Mm -hmm. so I was there going crazy on my own basically and dancing away and screaming and I was just uh, in front of one of the cameras that were going on in between there Mm -hmm. and they actually caught me on camera for once during the final and that was just after the I think it was Monaco. Was Monaco in that year? I think they didn't give us any votes, and I was like, looked a bit miserable. And that's the only time they caught me on camera. And I heard from people like, "Oh, you, you could be a bit happier about about the result." But I'm of course, have to we can check that out now. Yeah, and we didn't know really, didn't know how many votes had come in. And I thought this is going to be the typical Finnish thing that we get votes in the beginning, and then then they fizzle mm-hmm. out. And it wasn't like until the last three votes. Well, I didn't know because it, they didn't actually say how many votes were left to announce. At mm-hmm. least we didn't hear it in the hall. So I thought, oh no, we still might lose it. But of course, <laughs> watching the Finnish broadcast after they had done the numbers quite early and they they started screaming in the mm. in the commentator box quite quite a bit oh, early. Fantastic. And yeah, some people thought they got a little bit too excited. There was some criticism that they they shouldn't have got quite gone as mad as they did. Oh, really? Well, you, it's just your first ever victory. You've got to celebrate mm-hmm. it. God. And so, what was it like hosting? In, in I mean, Helsinki hosted for the first and so far only time. I mean, you've got a year to for the victory to sink in, and then the party really starts. I mean, that must have been incredible. It, it was interesting. I, I, I went there for at least a month. I was there like before because I wanted to soak up the atmosphere mm-hmm. and I was helping to organize the fan center and, and lots of the other things in, involved. And, and they, they, they really got the city of Helsinki behind it because they, they wanted to, to promote Helsinki as the city of events. So they, they really put everything into it. And, and I think in Helsinki, you could see how how a city can embrace Eurovision. It was absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. You had screens in loads of street corners. And there was the first time they had a Eurovision village. There was the, In the main park, there were different stalls for the different countries presenting their countries. And, and it was just absolutely everywhere. That's so important for Eurovision, isn't it? That the host city and the country completely embraces Eurovision and welcomes it and it makes for a better contest for the fans that are travelling as well as the people watching it on TV, I think. Of course, we didn't have much trust in the... Like, I think that the fans were really worried before that the Wiley, the national broadcaster, would, wouldn't be up to the job because they've done international events before and they haven't necessarily always been as wonderful as you would expect but this time they really and they didn't use any outside help at that time they didn't have anybody from Sweden nothing maybe some technology but they actually did everything themselves and and I think they did did a good job in the end 
I missed it. I didn't go that year. I, I can't remember why I didn't go, but having gone the year before, I, I had that year off, and then, you know, I've only actually missed one year since then. You um, missed a good one. Yeah, I've kind of, I really wish I had been there. Apart from the weather, like uh, when, when it started snowing in one, during one of the rehearsal days, then it wasn't quite as attractive attractive yeah, but I remember as well one little um, anecdote that you told me was that um, because most of the travelling fans are gay men the Finns were quite surprised that it was quite a lot of gay men travelling to content because in Finland it's perceived very much as a family event it is yeah. uh, you know so it was uh, I remember you telling me that they were a little bit I think I was interviewed on the radio about this and, 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 and I remember using the term that it is like the gay world cup when they all get together and go and travel fantastic so the first the only win for um finland at eurovision they have another record um they have the shortest ever eurovision entry uh which you're gonna have to say what this is called because i can't <laughs> This is 2015. There you go. That's better pronounced than we can do. And it saves us the embarrassment of uh, cultural misappropriation. Yeah, we, we got one right. <laughs> which we've, <laughs> we've fallen short of a number of times. Um, that was interesting as well because it was a, a band, a punk band, made up of uh, members who all had learning disabilities. Yes. Uh, so that was another, um, you know, first at Eurovision. It got quite a lot of attention. Mm. And I think there was a sort of feeling that, are they going to do a Lordy? Because they were, you know, different in musical style as much as, um, you know, who they actually were. Um, but I remember actually that national final, uh, if you haven't seen the 2015 Finnish national final, go and watch it. It is the most diverse and bonkers set of songs you're ever going to see. There was Opera Scala, who we had for Second Cherry that year, singing a very operatic pop number, which was, I mean, so over the top. There was a singer called Angelo Denial, whose song was called All for Victory, and he had a sort of troop of, you know, Roman um, charioteers with him. It was really over the top, and there was a, a sort of almost quasi-religious song called Lions and Lambs by um, Yuli Aslak, and that's just a few. I mean, mm. you know, it did feel as though, you know, a punk band made up of people with learning disabilities was the most, you know, normal thing on the night, really, <laughs> was, uh, you know, compared with what else there was an offer um and i think you know there have been some gems in the in the finnish national finals over the years but we're going to have a think first of all just some of the highlights of the finnish songs that went to eurovision i mean i for me one of the the first ones that stands out was 1966 with playboy it just fe seemed to capture a different mood and actually the 1966 contest is one of my absolute favorites if you haven't seen it go and have a look my favorite ever song comes from that year um by Osha Cleveland for Norway. You've got Lil Linfos who went on to present in 1985 when she had that famous incident where her dress came off. Oh, yeah. It was a planned stunt. She's in as a competitor. Um, you've yeah. got um, the first black singer, Millie Scott from the Netherlands singing this incredible song. Um, so yeah, go and check out two th uh, 1966. It really, really is a, a good year. It was also interesting that Playboy was written by Osirunne, who, who had just started oh. work at the Wiley that year as the as the conductor, and then he he then stayed on and was the Eurovision conductor for Finland for probably longer than anybody else has yes, done. Yes, I remember like him. Over twenty years, he was over. He was like a really 
really yeah known character even terry wogan recognized him Mm. yeah um pump pump 1976 that's one that you'll see on all of the clip shows freddie and friends um 1977 one of my favorite songs ever yeah you love this as well, Matt. I love this. Do you know um, a friend of the parish, Roy Delaney? Oh, yes. Has reliably informed me that back when people used to send tapes to each other back in the day, and whenever there was fan votes, Laponia was always top of the fan vote, much how Euphoria is now in modern day votes. Um, Laponia used to win all the fan votes. It was always... And you can see why. It is... I've heard it a couple of times in Euroclub, and it is just this joyful, stompy, just... Oh, I don't know, just everything about it is just so... Oh, Eurovision of, like, the 70s is really representative of its era, I think. It's rousing. That year they wanted to have... The, the rules stated that you had to have some nas- national element in your songs. So that's oh. why they went went for Lapland. And, and, and there were, like, many really, really more folky songs in that selection. That's um, another that, one for us that, to dig that, out. That actually really followed the followed the rules quite mm-hmm. well because yeah. I mean, but just she won't classic. sing it anymore now though really no because she's religious and, and and the lyric she won't sing the finnish lyrics because it's uh, they mentioned a witch and then a northern witch and she thinks she's too pagan and she she won't she refuses to sing it oh what a shame oh. i'd love to See a pop up. You know the way that does the other language when versus when it's not quite obviously. Okay, because I lo- I mean she just seems an artist so right to be like reinvented the way that we've seen you know artists. I mean even like artists like Alpida coming mm. back and performing in Tel Aviv this year. I mean that was a, a a shock, but it's kind of you know from that era. I think Eurovision's become suitably trendy again or suitably fashionable again than actually some of these artists that really have been overlooked in the you know the the wilderness years if you like to a modern uh, listener or really do that kind of revival and um, some of the finished classics Cela Coeur en Alama from 1985 widely considered to be one of the best contests if not one of the best entrants um, from that um, Sata Salama all great Same songs. songwriter for both of those. Oh, was it? Yes. Ah, you can see in the style, actually. Mm. But, I mean, they, they were big hits in Finland. Well, funny enough, they actually went. Sata Salama charted for the first time a couple of years ago when when they made a cover of it, Antti Tuisku, a popular young artist. It was on the TV show where they sing each other's entries. Oh, right. It actually charted for the first time then. It didn't chart at the time? No. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird? Because these are like songs that I grew up listening to in Eurovision and in fans of a certain age, we would have regard these as absolute classics. Everybody um, knows it. You, you, you could see Daryl singing along when they played it at the London Eurovision party. Mm. It was one of my moments that night when I saw, saw Daryl and Sebastian Raymond dancing away and singing along to every word of Sata Salama. Oh. Everybody knows it. It's a karaoke favourite. This really is uh, probably the most, it's the favourite song mm. of, from Eurovision for most Finns. Fantastic. And uh, 91, I uh, mentioned for me, was a song called Hulu Yu uh, by Kaya Karkinen. And this was, I mean, this this was the first year I, we had a party for 
uh, Eurovision this year. And so that was just one of my absolute favourites. And I learned the lyrics. And I have been known to sing it when I'm a little bit drunken to you are and surprising by my Finnish skills. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I can sing now. Well, I can't actually sing, but you know what I mean. Bye Bye Baby, Cat Cat. Mm-hmm. That livened up a dull contest, didn't it? It did. Shame they didn't use a backing track on the night because it would have would have brought it much more to life. Than using they the were stickler to rules they, uh, because apparently you weren't allowed to use a backing track. Didn't stop Germany when they put two big keyboards yeah. on the stage and, and that was supposed to be go around the rule. But, that, mm. That's a Euro club. Favorite oh, totally. idea. That comes yeah. up all the time. Yeah. yeah. And um, Marry Me, Chris the Secrets. I mean, that's like one of the biggest hits of the... Uh, the, the, the recent years, I think, as well. Chris has become a you know big fan favourite. You've met her and interviewed her, haven't you? Yeah, she she's special to me because 2013 was my first time in attendance at Eurovision. Mm-hmm. So your first time is always every single song of that competition, you know, inside out, back to front. So I loved this song. And then just this year, actually, just gone, just passed, you know, I got to interview her um, for ESC Extra and she's just so lovely in person and the I, I asked all my questions and then we still had a bit of time and then we just started talking about the theatre in London and what she's getting up to and and um, how the whole how she came to write for a K-pop group and just like she just genuinely just loves to talk about you know what she's done and mm-hmm. just genuinely lovely actually yeah. and she you know make really branching out as well she's been in melody festival in a couple of times mm-hmm. she's hosted the finished final as well as being in it i mean marry me was um also that moment as well where she had the same sex kiss on stage because she was supporting the campaign for um same sex marriage in mm-hmm. finland at the time and i remember i interviewed her about that many many years ago now um but obviously she was a guest at the Eurobash, the Oge UK Eurobash, and she was the delight to have at that. She was so much fun. Um, while she was in the city in Malmo, there was, you know, everywhere she went, she you could hear her ding-dong, and by the way, oh, you, um, you could hear her coming before, because um, she would be singing Blast of a Song. And, yeah, I got a little bit tiresome yeah, after, you know, a couple of hours. Many of our entries had been shrinking violets, like we were blending into the background, so... I guess it made made a, made a difference <laughs> in that sense. But we do love her. We do mm. love her. And then, of course, big the uh, big artist known in the UK, um, Sarah Alto, last year yeah. with Monsters. Yeah, see, they the broadca- broadcaster made a very late decision and changed changed the whole rule. They scrapped scrapped the open entries that they had an open open it up for. For people to send in songs and all, all of a sudden they realized that Sarah Alda was available and was hot and and I guess they, they did make the right decision to use her right then when she was really in the headlines and everywhere mm-hmm. and well it didn't then work out that well on the night but I think she's she seems to have taken it taken it okay and she, she doesn't talk about her mm-hmm. disappointment or anything I'm, I'm sure she will be back at some point. Maybe for the UK. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It was a shock though, wasn't it? I mean, I know we're all a bit like, oh, I know it's kitchen sink time. She, you know, we were joking earlier about how she actually used some of the staging from a song that didn't make it to Eurovision from the National Fund. Yes. <laughs> like, it was literally threw everything in. And I think there was their financial uh, reasons for that as well, like, you know, to cut costs and to add to their performance. But that performance needed nothing added to it. It was, it was a bit full on. I think that's where it fell down. But, Still second to last in the final mm. is 
Well, she jokes about always coming second, didn't she? Yeah. She'd always come second in, in the Finnish national final and she came second at X Factor. And now she's like, well, I'm second, but second last. Yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed by that performance. I loved her song. I really loved her song and I thought it deserved better. But it did. I mean, it had a kind of sort of strange aesthetic um, to it. I liked it because it was a very queer aesthetic, um, but I'm not sure it translated properly. It, it was a bit kind of, you know... Here's a kitchen sink, and here's another kitchen yeah. sink, and oh look over there, there's another kitchen sink. Let's throw that in as well. So, big names though. Sarah Alter was a big. She was had a lot of currency. Uh, Lordy were actually a fairly big name. They had a number of albums under their belt. They were at least in in the in the rock circle. In the rock circle, yeah. And uh, this year, one of the biggest names in Finland, Darude. Yes. Uh, the. Weird thing with this year was that apparently, according to interviews um, that I've read in the media, they they were they did offer the chance for almost like literally every Finnish artist who has a name for themselves to do this three three song selection and and have a guaranteed ticket to Eurovision. They all declined for one reason or the other. So like there seems to be a huge huge stigma attached to going to Eurovision that they don't dare to go there and lose because they think it's going to affect their career or is it the management that says no when uh, it's hard to say it's a strange thing to get right isn't it I mean I think that's one of the problems in the UK that people Mm. feel they don't want to subject themselves to a failure Mm -hmm. at Eurovision where as I think you know other countries clearly doing Eurovision is an aspirational thing to do yeah. and that's what I wish we could change the perception around in the UK and it's like only only one one country can win on the night and then you've got about 42 songs in the com- competition so like everybody's not going to win that's full stop absolutely it's not happen. yeah but of course you don't want to be last either so just before we come on to talking about the the new format uh, in finland i just want to mention another couple of prizes that finland has picked up they may have only had one victory but the marcel besançon awards the awards that are named after the founder of eurovision are given out every year there's a press award there's a fan award there's another award that I can't remember and I haven't got it written down. Um, but these are given to songs. And Finland's actually won three of these. So Lordi won the Press Award in 2006. And Paradise Oscar with Dadadam uh, won in 2011. And the Fan Award was given to Laura Valtilainen with Addicted to You in 2002. So consolation prizes there for Finland, <laughs> even though they haven't actually won the, uh, the, the big competition more than once but at least they've they've had some recognition so we're going to talk about this year's finnish national final but actually we're going to throw the net a little bit wider than that because we want to talk about the the format umk uh the contest for new music as i believe it's called mm-hmm. um and this is a format that's been around since 2012 I think 2012 they changed it was I think it was part of a wider uh, rebranding of the Wiley 2 channel that's the weirdly enough it's different to many countries but that has been the main entertainment channel and and they wanted to make it more youthful and more current and mm-hmm. and lots of old formats and series long-running series where were cancelled and they, they changed into something 
more current, like like they say. No, and, and it was moved from the Tampere team that had been behind it for in since 2002, and it was then produced in Helsinki after that and, and with completely new team basically nobody had been involved in Eurovision before mm-hmm. and they said at the time that they, they took ideas from Estonia where Esti Laul was popular a new thing there and they, or Sweden and they thought that they because these shows have a life outside of Eurovision and that they are popular on its own right. Yeah. So they more or less removed the connection to Eurovision as it's like just as a sideline said, oh, and by the way, the winner will go to Eurovision, yeah. which necessarily wasn't a wise move because they, they, they removed one of their strongest branding brandings that, that there was. And, and people just didn't find the contest at the time. And the old Eurovision fans, were felt alienated because they just wanted it to be more Eurovision. That's interesting because I think you know without having that insight that comes from being a Finn or um you know understanding how it sits culturally locally, I would have said that this you know move to a new format was quite a good thing because it feels as though it kind of like revs up the local music industry, it gives up and coming artists a chance. Um, that's the perception I have of certainly Estilao, less so with your uh, with Melody Festival, but I I absolutely mm. it's something which is. You know, it is almost incidental that you go to Eurovision um, as the winner of that. It's more about the 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 competition and the platform it creates for the local markets. It was, and I, I think it was inspired by people like Paradise Oscar that that won the year before from the old format, mm-hmm. and they realized that we can find somebody somebody new and young that are really re- like really good, and and he's he's a very popular songwriter now. He, he he, he's absolutely on top of his career under his own name, not you know, using the Paradise Oscar name anymore. And of course, loads of new acts came to this contest and there they are some really interesting acts, like you said, like some, mm. some of the finals are like really, really absolutely bonkers. There's the different styles and, and it's just everything is there. Not like the UK where there's, you always seem to go for the same Eurovision standard. I think the UK could learn something from that and they take something left field and quirky. And they never had a band, for example, rock or no. this, this is a big country for, for rock. And, and actually, Finland's rock band, the most recent one, Soft Engine, is the best yeah. result you've had since Lordi. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is clearly a market for that kind of indie rock. Um, totally. Also, I mean, you know, what about the Georgian act a couple of years ago that the UK gave twelve points to, yeah. completely out of the blue? Yeah. You know, so there is a there is a, an appetite for that kind of music. I felt that there is that quirk in the national final, but also there's, you know, there's there is an element of more serious music coming through. You know, really serious professional young musicians being given the opportunity for that. But we were talking before you came on, and you said you felt although there was that, people tended to vote for the Eurovision. Song. Yeah, at least in the first years, like the first year there you had Bernie Lacasse on doing Naya Blunder. That probably was like partly won by the Finnish Swedes voting for it because it was in Swedish, but it was also the mo- the easiest song that reminded people mostly of the of the times old. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it has happened a few times as well that they 
don't dare to go for the quirky ones. Yeah. But then when when they went for soft engine that year, that we had our best results just loaded. So maybe maybe the people people should be braver in their votes voting. Well, Boulder was certainly a, a term that comes into Eurovision. Well, certainly when we've discussed the UK, we've talked about the need to be bolder. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, we talk about being divisive mm-hmm. can be a good a good way to go. But middle of the road, as we said, you know, mm-hmm. Michael Rice this year for the UK, he was middle of the road. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Didn't get any votes. Ooh, yeah. Got to be bold, guys. Got to be bold. So, you, I mean, you mentioned as well, I mean, the... Obviously, it was multiple artist formats until last year with Sarah, and that felt it was a bit shoehorned um, to get her in. Um, and again, with Derude, it was just a single artist this year. Yeah, and well, at least they decided, of course, it, they, they thought the format worked well with, with Sarah, then they went, went for it again. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it didn't work that well, so they've gone back to the, mul- mm-hmm. the multi artist selection next year. Of course, we don't know anything more of the format because they seem to be changing the rules and the setup almost every year. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. You sort of want some sort of continuity because you know somehow how the voting work works. Mm-hmm. And if every year you've got a different different system, then people will get confused mm-hmm. and a little bit sort of annoyed maybe because they change the rules as they can get. Yeah. It's almost like they make them up as they go along. So we'll see what Finland bring us next year. But first, we're going to have a listen to the options that we had in this year's UMK. So, as we mentioned, I mean, there's not much for us to decide between, really. There were only three songs, one of which went to Eurovision. It leaves us two. Um, but, and, of course, they were all by the same artist, as we mentioned. All by Darude featuring Sebastian Ryman. Uh, the first one is called Release Me. Release me. Uh, thank you for releasing me. <laughs> from there, <laughs> Let me go, please. From, yeah. um, so this was the song that came third. It was quite distinctive, wasn't yes. it? it was a, there was a very much a first, second, third yes, place in here. This was the third place one. I don't think this had many fans really gunning for it. It was the first one that was released of the three songs. And... The biggest reaction to it was was that people thought the chorus reminded them too much of the Agnes's release me that was a big hit in mm-hmm. Finland as well. She, she's taken part in Melody Festival and with a different song. Yes. Well, uh, I, I think it's just just that little bit is similar. It was it was big news, so that probably would scupper its chances as well. It was plodding, I thought. That's the word I wrote down. Mm. I was kind of, you know, was listening to it and it felt like a very long three minutes. <laughs> um, it was nice, though, to see Suri's lightbox effect 
being put to good use <laughs> in the background. It was nice that I found a, a second home after Lisbon last year. Although it's worth saying that that actual staging was probably better than some of the other songs because there was moments of that where you got a lot of Darude, which oh. actually you didn't get much of Darude in those performances. Yeah, I was a bit surprised by that, actually. Darude was... I mean, literally taking a back seat. And I know he's the keyboard player, yeah. and I know he's kind of like the, the musical brains behind the act, and not the front man when somebody else is singing. But it did feel it was kind of like, you know, we've got, we've got you know, one of the biggest names internationally that we can possibly get after his uh, 2000 hit Sandstorm, which everybody remembers. Um, and then you kind of sort of don't really make a feature of him. Get him to piggyback on stage like that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they got him into shot a bit more in, in that first song. I they think, did, yeah. Uh, than they did in the others. But he wasn't even on screen that much at Eurovision. It was all Sebastian oh, really? Ryman in his yeah. bizarre amalgam of leather pants and jeans. Apparently the height of fashion in Los Angeles, somebody told me those jeans <laughs> well there you are then there you are <laughs> <laughs> so that was released me um by well all of them by Derrida and Sebastian <laughs> Ryman the second song that we have to listen to um is Superman So, Superman, I think this had a bit more melody to mm-hmm. it. And really, they released the video, didn't they? I think, if I remember rightly. And, yeah, it had more of a theme to it. Still a little bit of a, a shoehorny sort of um, feel to this song. It doesn't quite feel right to me. But, you know, it's uh, a lot more melodic than the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah pretty much the same for me as well I quite liked the presentation there was some uh, illuminated orbs which had a bit of a Valentina Manetta yeah. moment on screen um, but yeah again I mean I, I do like this song actually I do think it's um, you know a deserving entry but I'm just it, ju- it what yeah when you compared it to Look Away the song that eventually won um, it was clear which way that choice was going to go in the finished national final I, I think uh Judging by what Darud said after the final, he, he said that uh, he didn't think Look Away would, would be the winner. So I suspect they expected Superman to win. Oh, really? And in a way, I when I heard it, I really liked it. And the studio version, you, you can't hear it so much in the live version, but there's actually quite a few bits of uh, sandstorm in it. And I, I, I was hoping that they would a little bit have little elements of sandstorm just mm-hmm. for the recognition because that that's how what he's known for there's that little riff coming there in the chorus well that's an interesting point because actually when they announced it was going to be Darude I thought great we're going to get something quite hard at Eurovision and we're going to get another sandstorm or we're going to get but these seemed really quite light yeah. by comparison actually yeah unfortunately for some reason he went for the more more poppy eurovision and he said he said that he's wants to move in his career into some doing more pop songs and and then just the hard dance and everything so but maybe 
maybe yeah people were expecting a more more refined dance song and than than eventually got there and i think superman would have been in my opinion the the best one in 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 the selection that that actually sounded like him but look away was the one that won and i think this is you know, it is one of those selections where it was very clear that the right song did go to Eurovision. Um, but of course, we're in the business of looking back at what should have had a second chance. Now, just before we announce which of the two competing entries is going to be um, the Finnish second cherry, uh, and all this suspense is killing oh, no. you, I bet. <laughs> uh, it's just worth us mentioning that um, Darude actually came last in the semi final. You know, for all the hype, for all him being a big name, mm-hmm. you know, that means nothing when you go into a Eurovision stage. So, all this talk of, oh, we need to send a better, you know, a known artist. It doesn't count for Jack, exactly. really, um, when you get there. And actually, that, um, that last place meant that Finland ties with Norway on 11 last places, if you consider the final and the semi-final. Although Norway edges it from Finland, because Norway's 11 last places are all in the final, mm. and Finland's got nine last places in the final, and two in the semi-final. So... Yeah, the Sara Alto of <laughs> last places. Well, yeah, so we had, we, Finland has only qualified three times during the new format, so the new well, UMK format. UMK format, so yeah. that's like three out of seven. So mm. clearly, the right songs haven't been picked every year. And maybe then time to revisit the format. Yeah, but, well, I hope they they will now find the right. Because some of the years have been really good, mm. and in in a way like the 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 changes, they, now they've gone all uber camp and glitter and and all the elements. I think that's starting to annoy even the even the pinkest and the campest Eurovision fans in Finland. So like look at that, oh calm down a little bit, like uh, they come back to earth. It's, it's not all fluffy and unicorns and everything. So. So you are, will you do us the honour of announcing which of the Finnish songs is going to be our second cherry? The second cherry from Finland will be Superman. There's a surprise! <laughs> then ask me yes. <laughs> <laughs> Superman by Darude and Sebastian Ryman is our Finnish cherry. So, I mean, I think we squeezed an awful lot of juice out of just two cherries there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we managed to make it make, make it go a very long way. You have thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah. It's really nice to have you on. Thank uh, you. one of the second cherry team since two thousand and eight. Um, you know, we've done eight contests uh, with us prior to reviving this year. So it's been a real delight to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us if you've got any comments. Our social media is Twitter at Second Cherry, Instagram at second underscore cherry. And Facebook is Second Cherry Podcast. And also, you can email us at... Hello. <laughs> Hello at secondcherry.vision. Please do get in touch. Tell us what you think of the show. And leave us a review or leave us a rating on one of the podcasting apps. It really helps people find the show. And, uh, yeah, it just, uh, you know, makes our heads a little bit bigger. Yeah. As long as you say something nice, yeah. of course. <laughs> well, I've not checked the ratings yet, actually. I need to go and check that. And see yeah, who, we do. Who's left yeah. a review? Who Absolutely. hasn't? Absolutely. We'll Mark be checking your... up on you. Yeah. <laughs> 
So thank you once again for listening. We don't know what next week's is going to be yet. We still have decisions to make Ooh. amongst the team. But we will be back. We'll let you know on social media. Because we know that some of you do like to listen to them all in preparation for the podcast. And that is just so lovely. It really means a lot to us that you're getting in touch and telling us that um, that's what you're doing. So we'll see you next week. At another time, in another place. <laughs> Indeed, but another country. <laughs> Whichever it may be. So, Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.